0: Friends and comrades, rosin up your bows, perfect your ornamentation, and abandon the messy cacophony of
1: this world for the celestial music of the spheres. Because it's time to sing tall to me. It's ironic because there's actually no singing in any of the songs we're talking about today. Yes.
0: Welcome back to our podcast. I am Omen (laughs) Saeed. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are Feckless Moans. And guess
1: what? This is Talk Tall to Me.
0: A scherzo in which Nick the bassoon and Omen the piccolo sight-read our way through the symphony of Prague rock. Those instruments—they're
1: so good. They're so every, good. every
0: phrase, an album, every measure, a song, we blithely struggle through, conducted by a Scottish madman, in an overcoat and sometimes
1: a codpiece. Zane Anderson using a flute as a baton. Yes, <laughs> true madman. Yeah, sometimes using us as a baton. Oh, it's an honor. It's an honor and a privilege, Mister Anderson. Yes, please break me over the podium. Thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Nick, of course, every episode is special and unique, like a delicate snowflake falling on a distant mountaintop. But this episode, this uh, this week, we are doing something a a bit more unusual than usual.
1: This week, on a very special episode of Talk Tell to Me.
2: Doo-doo.
1: Nick weeps over three separate string sections. Omen gives him shit about it regularly. (laughs) They make up, break up, and make up again. That's right. We are covering not one,
0: not four, but three separate tracks each of which is an instrumental. These are all bonus tracks off of the War Child album that were, of course, not included with the original release, but have since been whacked on to the end because Ian Anderson has just so very much music to offer.
1: Correct. Uh, Particularly, I think this War Child was released with the most content in terms of bonus material because of just... A, just because they're so prolific. They 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 just have all of this back material. But two, yeah. this is that album. Remember, we've been saying for the last 10, 10 weeks now, this is that album where they took the combination of the Chateau pieces that didn't get finished. They took the pieces that were created for the the potential movie that never got made. Yes, War Child the film. So they had all of these extra pieces. So why not throw them in to like a, a three or four disc set. It was it was a quite a big release. I know they've they've re-released a lot of the albums a lot of times. Yeah. But I had a one, big
0: release this uh, this morning. Mm,
1: that's right after you drank your coffee, right?
0: Indeed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and Nick, I think that what we're going to find, if I I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a prognosticator. Not a not a soothsayer. Oh no. But uh, I never say sooth. Oh, I said it. But I think that what we're going to find with this, with these instrumental tracks is that they lend themselves to the cinematic experience. Mm. I suspect that these were, you know, really for the film. Yes. I, I concur.
1: I concur with that How, assessment.
0: However, Nick. Yes, Omen. Before we dive in to the luscious three-beaten soup that is today's <laughs> episode... We have some business to attend to, Mary. Would you be so kind, Mary? Please. I got to scrape the kitten off my shoe. I did you, did what? Scrape the kitten? I hope that I hope that you're referring to like the kitten's hairball or something. I said what I said. Is that oh. a, like a
1: euphemism, like a Scottish I, term I really, for something? I really hope so. I really hope so. Oh, man, do you have a kitten? I,
0: not anymore, I guess. Oh.
1: She's, All right. she's becoming a liability. I'm sorry I overhired it's, her.
0: It's true. So, Nick, we have received a prescription from the doctor. That's right. With this five-star rating. <laughs> Sir, sensors have detected... Another star in the sky.
1: Dear Lord, that's five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. stars.
0: Comes a review from a person who calls themselves Dr.
1: Bogenbroom. (laughs) Love it. Can't read the handwriting, but... (laughs) (laughs) That tells you that they created... Either they love Tull so much, that's their handle, or they created their handle... Made it tall themed just so they could give us a review. Wow. Which, if that's the case, I'm you can't see this, but I'm bowing to you, Doctor. I too. Bowing to you. I too. Appreciate it, Doctor. Appreciate the the sacrifices you've made in creating an iTunes account.
0: So the review is entitled Best Podcast on the Interwebs. And Nick, that is coming from a doctor. So it's, it's, I mean, you got to trust it. You got to believe it. That's right. All right. The review reads, Not sure how these guys are doing it, consider the massive time commitment, but they have created my favorite podcast. I have been a Tull fan for decades, and the song-by-song analysis has given me even greater appreciation of Ian's genius. I am surprised that the millions of Tull fans throughout the world have not discovered this podcast Keep up the good work. Thank you, doctor. And thank you, doctor. Thank you for your work as well. Thank you for your contribution. We will indeed continue this uh, this work. And Nick, how how are we um, how are we doing it? Considering the massive time commitment.
1: Well, I wake up at four every morning. Uh huh. I get ready for work, and then mm-hmm. when I'm waiting to leave the house, I do some editing. Wow. Pretty much every day. Wow. We record twice a week. And I have no friends, and my (laughs) wife has left me. I'm standing right here, Nick. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's true. This is this is our quality time. We just get to record it now.
0: Yeah, it's exactly. It's you know, I think that we may have said this on the on the podcast before, but a lot of our our the foundation of our friendship as as youths was staying up late at night talking about Jethro Tull, and the conversation sounded like this, but a little bit less organized.
1: Yeah. I remember I remember it was probably like two or three in the morning and we were just exhausted and we yeah. saw a, a mouse yeah, on I the remember kitchen that. floor. The the phasing the multi-dimensional mouse or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> just it we, we saw it one second and it was gone the next. Yep. yep. No ex no explanation. No? No. In a house of science, no less, that is. Ballsy on the mouse's it's, part.
0: It certainly is. <laughs> so, Doctor Bogenroom, thank you so much for the review. We really appreciate it. It means really, truly, so much to us to 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 have that positive feedback.
1: True. I, I got a text from Omen with a heart, a finger, a finger drawn heart on the text of the of the review itself. Like yeah. we we genuinely get we're we're so tickled when we get get feedback and reviews. Like makes we we really do like it.
0: Makes our day. It does. So. So, Nick, shall we jump into the first of the three tracks which we are discussing today?
1: Yeah, let's dive into our first song then. Let's, hmm, random number generator, let's do... War Child Waltz. Ooh, let's War Child have waltz. a listen. nick hello omen wow you've you've heard this before right you've heard yeah We're i
0: okay. i i have this is actually i mean i Probably i feel like often i f- feel like we say this all the time but this is really one of my favorite tracks oh it's so beautiful definitely off the album but also just in general it's, it's
1: amazing it's such an it's such an incredible piece of music it's 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 like they said to d like listen we want we just we we legit want an orchestral version of this War Child sound. Give it to us, and she just she just went to town, and it yeah. is it is oh, and this was honestly this was part of the re release in two thousand and two. So I didn't I hadn't heard this those first what ten fifteen years where I. I listened to War Child over and over, and only after mm. those initial strings were ingrained that I, I was given this, and it just—it was just like, yeah, this, this is what I, I've been trying to say all along. Right, right, right.
0: I, Nick, there's so much going on in this track, and I, mm-hmm. I wish that we knew a little bit more about what the collaborative process was like between Ian and D. Obviously, we mm. know that that D was the, the orchestrator. The orchestrationist,
1: <laughs> composer.
0: Ah, uh, thank you, Nick. Arranger. Arranger, yeah, arranger. I think that's probably the the best way to say it. But you know, um, by the same token, Ian clearly composed the themes themselves, some of the musical themes themselves. So, so what was it back? Was it was it like a back and forth? Was it Ian just saying, "Here you are, D, Here, the, here the pieces.
1: Do with them what you will," and she just did them? Who knows? Right. Right, not us. We don't know. We don't know if we can get a chance to talk to Ms. Palmer. We would probably ask something along those lines. I think.
0: Yes, after we recovered the ability to speak.
1: Yes, upon upon having met Dee Palmer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's let's talk. Just let's talk about some highlights
0: in this piece. Okay. And before we do that, <laughs> let's. <laughs> Nick, are you the kind of person who like I've, I think I've asked you this before and I don't remember your answer
1: when you hear music do you do you easily see images in your head? I think the last time you said that I said no but on this one I always get I get the same story I get the same image every single time Tell me
0: tell me briefly you know paint take out your your mental watercolors and paint for me that picture that you see I'm
1: curious I think. I I I theorize that this satisfies Ian Anderson's ballerina fetish. Wow. Because Uh this this to me this speaks this this smacks of nutcracker almost, but Mm. not in the winter. It's a summer feel. I see I see ballerinas like sweeping across the stage in a like on a sunny field, and they're just they're they're And maybe it's a lot like the ballerinas from the "Hair" who lost his spectacles video, and that they kind of exist outside of what's actually going on, because we—they're more like spirits. Yeah, because because it's War Child, and we do hear a lot of those, a lot of the French horn in this piece, which Mm. is very reminiscent of like a war feel, a a a militaristic sound. So maybe there's a battle going on, or there are two sides. Planning for a battle, and the ballerinas kind of f- flow and ebb and flow in between the two pieces, and f- and and move freely.
0: I I really would have loved to have seen what this scene would have looked like had the War Child film come to fruition.
1: I know it, it's it's sound it, it's a little too nice and fancy to be just like incidental music. I agree. I think that it, there's
0: there is a story of some kind going on there. For me. I, it op- when it opens, I get the sort of feeling like you're describing almost a, I get the feeling from it almost like what you might expect from an old Disney film where the, the Disney princess is mm. lost in the woods and is sweeping, a, like you say, sweeping across this field of flowers and the little yeah. cute animals are kind of hopping and flittering around, around her.
1: Right. It, it starts off
0: very, very gentle and
1: soft and dainty. But
0: then around the minute and a half mark, a little ways in, we start. Getting the danger. There's all this danger that starts creeping up. The bassoon. Is that a bassoon in there? I think it's a bassoon. I think it's either a bassoon or a, or a a bass or a cello being bowed. I'm going to say it's a bassoon because I like oh, the bassoon. Oh, I thought it was a, a
1: clarinet unless we're hearing two I different I think we things. might be talking about different might parts. There's there's the there's the oboe yeah.
0: that goes through, which is almost like a character, and mm-hmm. that does that lovely pizzicato, maybe around the 120 mark. Oh, it's the oboe with the strings doing pizzicato. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the bassoon around the two minute mark, or somewhere around there, it starts lurking like a python in
1: the weeds. I think a uh, bow, yeah. like a kind of a like a, a wavy flow. It just, yeah, I just, I think just kind I know of what pops its about. head up yep. and then it sinks back uh-huh. down, slitheringly. Yeah. yeah. it 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 acts as the the base the base backbone in yeah. this song and that's when
0: we we get into the yeah. section of the dee, 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 dee. that yeah. minor section where everything turns dark
1: yeah a little mysterious, maybe a little dangerous, mm-hmm.
0: and then, mm. yeah, you know what this reminds me of a little bit? Felix Mendelssohn's a suite for a Midsummer Night's Dream. It's, I mean, it's it's very oh. different, but it has the the thing that makes me feel that way is at two minutes forty eight seconds, the violin kind of goes up into this very high sort of mini cadenza where it just sort of yeah. And it reminds me of that opening theme that keeps coming back in Mendelssohn's Midsummer Night's Dream. The, the really, really light... Tee,
2: tee.
0: And it kind of feels like Dawn is breaking. So this piece, Mm -hmm. it almost feels to me like, you know, there's a lovely evening and then it goes into the dark, deep night and and then dawn dawns. And around 305, we have this sense of the instruments coming back together and coming back into a major key. It gets back into the sort of more more positive sounds there's kind of a fun horse type sound around 330 not literally but sort of like it has that jaunty feel yeah and then and then at 349 we get into we we have the accelerando which takes us into that much more stately kind of like and it's like
1: everything... Yeah. Yeah. <unveiling noise> yeah, that, that's, that's galloping horses. That's what that is So to it feels me. like, yeah. to me,
0: you know, you get lost in the woods, and it's nice for a while, but then it gets terrifying Mm -hmm. but then you survive the night and you discover some wondrous kingdom where everything is harmonious yeah how that
1: how that fits into the premise behind the war child movie i don't know but (laughs) yeah that 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 broad really raucous wrap-up that you were just talking about is so fun so fun but it, it 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 kind of hits out of nowhere goes dun, da, 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 and then and then immediately goes back down the <inaudible> <inaudible> yeah. and then we hit that war child theme on the french yep. horns and then it fades out and it's done
0: It's just such a fantastically complex piece, and there are so many wonderful details that are, that are in there, like that harp that comes in right at the very beginning, and then we hear it a couple more times.
1: Oh, my gosh. The harp and the, the triangle. There's a little, yeah. little triangle ding in there, too.
0: And I do feel... So dainty. You know what it, so, so know what it makes me wonder, Nick? What? What's up? It makes me wonder what would have happened if Ian Anderson had not gone into rock and roll, but had gone into, like, classical music.
1: Well, how much do can we attribute it to Ian, and how much can we attribute it to Dee? That is the question
0: with which we are left.
1: Yeah, right, right. So, like... Maybe, maybe Ian would have just failed as a classical musical, classical yeah. music artist, you know, and it's true. And we have all of those, although, although we do know that, that he did do a lot of his early composition and arranging that he then passed over to D. I I believe, right? Didn't yeah. that happen in an Aqualung or something?
0: Well, I think that that's his main way of doing things. I, yeah. I remember hearing an interview where he was talking about being in a motel six somewhere and having his his acoustic guitar and going, tum, 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 but and saying, but of course, in my head it was, tum, yeah. tum, 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 tum. and I knew when I gave it to Martin that that's what it would sound like. Okay, I don't know why yeah. I made I don't know why I made him just sound like a vampire, a Bond villain, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I will kill you, Mr. Bard,
1: but first, I will play you my recent concept album. Listen to this lick. <laughs> I, I, I I think as as much as Ian Anderson is a successful rock and roll artist, he is Indeed. he also needs the credit of knowing how darn good his bandmates are and what they can do and how they can take mm-hmm. it and he knows exactly what he can give to any one of them to get the sound to to translate from his head basically yeah he knows his team yeah yeah it's it's he is he is the quidditch captain and he knows he knows exactly mm-hmm. where to put mm-hmm. his players exactly what i was going to say nick mm-hmm. i know I'm yeah. I'm listening to the Harry Potter audiobooks right now. So, are you? It's fresh which in book my, which book are you on? I'm uh, I'm just at the the tail end of of the Half-Blood Prince right now. So, book oh. 7, yeah. Wow, exciting. It's they're they're narrated by m- the love of my life, Stephen Fry, so that I <laughs> I can listen to them <laughs> Oh, yes. on repeat. I just that man yeah. could read me the phone book and I'd, I'd be thrilled with yeah. it. He might for the right price. He might, yeah. Although I, I guess I have to pull that back because he had a he had a cricket podcast at one point that I tried to listen to and I just couldn't. It was, it was, a sad, it was too much for me.
0: That's a that's kind of
1: a sleep podcast. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right.
0: Nick, Omen. what what is in the the next barrel of this triple barrel shotgun of music that we are <laughs> the, offering you today? The the
1: exceedingly rare triple barrel shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> or when you just need one more shot. Next up, we are going to listen to another oh, oh another gorgeous string. Oh, oh. Quartet. Get a bucket of ice water. Uh, I need a nap. quartet. We're gonna listen to quartet.
0: Oh, my Nick, oh, mercy! A very different instrumental, such a different sound, very much so. So if if War Child Waltz was the Miss D Palmer extravaganza, mm-hmm. I feel like the MVP
1: award for this track goes goes to, to... John, John Evan. Yes, he smashes it. He it it is the John Evan show here. Yeah. Absolutely, we've got harpsichord, we've got organ so nine hundred times over with yeah. all sorts of pedals and and knobs all sorts and dare i say it omen oh dare you is there a melotron in here oh <laughs> melotron's revenge the uh the 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 fierce the fierce and mighty return of 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 melotron Th- those ian vocals is that not ah uh, you know melotron ah uh, i wonder yeah
0: I, that, that had not occurred to me until you just said it but I I suspect you're right I think that maybe Melotron, finally global warming reached the polar ice caps yep. where Mellotron was buried he melted and he mm-hmm.
1: he melted out yeah. and he was like I have work to do and then he just sang in Ian's voice for 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 millennia until his his, yeah, his nuclear reactor heart <laughs> until they oh yeah that too <laughs> yeah on a dark night if you
0: look up to the sky, you can still see the twinkling form of Mellotron. <laughs> on
1: a dark night, if you look into the sky, you can still hear Ian Anderson singing. <laughs> <laughs> the voice of Mellotron. <laughs> oh, 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 my goodness. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so, so, let's talk
0: about the, the journey that this organ goes on. I, I, I feel like this organ is like the the music instrument equivalent of like when you see someone who has a basic car but they've modded it out with like all the different various things and like yep. the lights come on underneath when you open the door yep.
1: spoiler it's it's dropped it's, it's got <laughs> shiny ass rims it sounds yeah. obnoxious going down the street right. yeah.
0: yeah 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 so we first have the, the the first real
1: appearance okay well let's go let's go to the very beginning it's well, a very good place to start before before we get into actual instrumentation, this is not a quartet. No, just no. just to be clear, I, I counted uh, more than a good more than four instruments here.
0: Yeah, yeah, accurate statements. Yep. Mm-hmm. We start with the bass and um, the guitar. <laughs>
1: We start with pub sound again.
0: We do start with pub sound, mm-hmm. which I think is appropriate.
1: I do too, yeah. It's 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 this slinky jazzy number that could easily be played in a pub.
0: Starts that way. Yeah. And also because according to Ian Anderson, John Evan was a bit of a tippler at the time. Oh, was he?
1: Oh yes, hmm. he enjoyed he enjoyed a drink. All right. And, and then another drink. So they just they just recorded him drinks. at an actual pub just so they could get the part out <laughs> yeah, of him. That's right. Yeah. They okay. had
0: to go there to get him. And then we have a delightful oboe come in, mm-hmm. one of my all-time favorite instruments. And then around... The 30 second mark is when things begin to to become peculiar. We start to drift from the the path that we were on. Evolution
1: takes a turn.
2: Yeah.
0: That's when the Baroque harpsichord
1: makes its first appearance. You know, I I love harpsichord. Did you know I you love really? harpsichord so much so oh. much I will I'll I will let my kid walk into traffic if I hear harpsichord as we're crossing I, <laughs> the street I'll just my head will go boop. Yeah don't wow. don't tell that to Raven that's she could she could probably use that against me, actually
0: <laughs> Your secret is very safe here I'm sure she will never listen to Oh this yeah that's podcast.
1: true safe Okay
0: <laughs> Yep you know that the the harpsichord got a very bad reputation when it first was invented because it was too sexy. That, yeah, that's why. <laughs> I think someone famously said that it it sounds like a thousand skeletons dancing in hell.
1: Oh, it's it's a creepy sound. That's why I love it so much. It's so dark. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So then at the 1 minute mark, we have a kind of a bigger string. Mm-hmm. Oh, the string the string and flute?
1: Yeah, sort of ta- taking over the strings take over the the, the part of the harpsichord that that deep palmer sweep as they just they they come in on a spring breeze yeah. yeah
0: yeah sweeping in like a seeker in a quidditch game there you go hey
1: reincorporation nailed it yep
0: And then at 108, we have the first of the the first indication that the organ is going on a, a tour of its personalities.
1: And it, just, and it comes oh, out of the oh, what's this button do? What do I what yeah, happens if exactly, I pull this? Exactly. <laughs> John, keep playing. I'm going to I'm just going to push things.
0: They they went to the zoo and fell in love with the monkey, and the monkey just jumped around on the yep. on the different pedals and things.
1: Yeah, it's it's that's what happens when you put a thousand monkeys in a room with a thousand harpsichords, you get quartet. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> and and a big cleaning bill. Ooh. Mm. So at 108, we have what I wrote down as the beastie organ because it just is like... Quickly, thereafter, it turns into the twinkly, the twinkly organ, which okay. is sort of like we've, we've stepped off the edge of the world and we have the... I don't even know how to imitate it. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like a, a couple of seraphims dancing on your belly after a night out.
1: It's the sound of of a cartoon character tiptoeing along.
0: Yeah, it is. It is that. Yeah. Which maybe it was in the film. Who knows? Who knows? And then at one thirty we have the distorted
1: organ with Mellotron. Got to be. It's got to be because it sound. It doesn't sound like. It doesn't sound like layered looping singing. It sounds like they're keyed. It sounds like a single like clip keyed. A lot like, oh, where was that? What song was Melody? It was a long time ago. It was a very long time ago. Ah, it was in. Yeah, um...
2: ah, ah, no, I know the
1: one. Ah. Yeah, I just don't remember what song it was. Ah.
0: Back in Saucity? In was it Saucity? Sauce. Uh, that was the right time period. Yeah, I, I
1: feel think it like was. Akronom it was benefit was the last time
0: we really heard. Yeah, it's a mystery. Now, Nick, just as a theory, it could be that this is Melotron. Or mm-hmm. it could also be. Perhaps the reason we haven't heard from Melotron in a while is that Ian absorbed Melotron into his body, and that is why Ian Anderson has lived so long because he. He's part machine. He's now
1: nuclear powered.
0: <laughs> I would believe it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the the true Melotron was in Ian all along. That's right. That's, that's, that's the moral right. of the story of 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 the War Child movie.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then Nick, at around one minute and fifty three seconds, we have a a typical Tull false ending.
1: <laughs> yeah, the uh, the 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 classic gotcha. Yeah, and that's where we'll leave it for
0: this week. See you next week. And then after that, just kidding. Here we're back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then around two minutes, we 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 take it on down to to the Funk Yard. <laughs>
1: Pick out some just pick pick out some fresh phone pieces. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's and and, oh, just just it. It's organ the rest. It's organ all the way down. It's organ the rest of the way. It really is. And and I I dig it. I dig the hell out of it. I like it very much because because even though that organ kind of steps up and takes center stage at that point, we still have a lot of other stuff going on in the background. We still have. What's gotta be a stand-up bass.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, I was I, I meant to mention that. I, I do think it's a.
1: it's a it's a it's a stand-up acoustic bass rather than mm.
0: um an electric.
1: Yeah. We've got lovely. Marimba or xylophone. I think it's a xylophone. It sounds metallic. So I think it's mm. a xylophone. Loot coming in and out. It's it is it it, it works. It works. We we have we got
0: we've got strings from Miss D. Palmer. Uh, coincidentally enough, that is her website, Miss D.
1: Palmer. Miss D. Palmer. Miss D Palmer.org.com? Dot Dot Not Misty Palmer. That is uh no. porn star. Miss D Palmer. Oh my goodness.com. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm i I'm sure it is. <clears throat> Anyone named Misty, it's a safe bet. <clears throat> So Omen, yeah. Why why? Why is Dee so good? Dee is so
0: good because of her raw talent mm-hmm. and because she has a direct connection to the divine. It's gotta be. May I may I read you a
1: quote, Nick? I if it's Mark Twain, I'll be happy. If it's Ian Anderson, it's not Mark Twain. I'll be happy. If it's Dee Palmer, I'll be, I'll be happy. Well, I'll take Groucho Marx. Is it Groucho Marx? Oh. No.
0: No. Okay. I'm gonna read you the I'm gonna read you the quote and then I want you to tell me who you think it is, and then <gasps> oh, yes. I'll tell you and you'll be shocked. I I'm so intrigued. Go on. All right. My brain is only a receiver. In the universe, there is a core from which we obtain knowledge, strength, and inspiration. I have not penetrated into the secrets of this core, but I know that it exists.
1: Is this a Tull-related person? Nope. It's You got two more guesses. It's got to be Freud. Nope. One more guess. John Cleese. Nikola Tesla. Oh, I was... Yep, nope. Never would have guessed that. Okay, so, so why, I think that's why what, a I Tesla think quote?
0: Because I think that like a lot of good artists i
1: feel like d is just channeling mm. this divine energy mm-hmm. that she has access to in in classic times it would be a muse a muse directing her oh, yeah yeah or or, or she or be god. a um, yeah or god
0: or she'd be an oracle the oracle of the strings mm. yeah yeah so let's 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 talk d let's talk d let's talk d are we are, Nick, we, are we, have... we good
1: with quartet before we we're good with quartet. Okay. Thank you, yeah. quartet. Goodbye. Thank you, quartet. It's been a pleasure.
0: Now, on this podcast, Nick, we our listeners are very familiar with us gushing about Dee, but, but we really have rarely talked about her as a person. Yes. And p- part of that is
1: because we don't know that much about her. Correct. But having having this trio, this triptych, the this triplet of, of beautiful orchestration, it, it- Gives us a great opportunity. Yes. It encouraged us to, to do a little research and get to know- a little more about Dee. She was born July 2nd, 1937. She's 82 at this point. Oh, my gosh. She, yeah, she was born in, in Hendon, London. She's been active since 1967. She was born as David Victor Palmer. In the in 98, Dee came out as transgender and intersex. So then, what's
0: uh, what's intersex? For, okay. for, the, for those of us who may not know.
1: Yes, good. Intersex is when you are born with genitalia of that does not fit the typical definitions of male or female bodies, and because right. of that, she was born with gen, uh, genital ambiguity. Uh, they're kind of they they're kind of go hand in hand. So she was assigned as male at birth. Yeah, and this happens to a lot of intersex people. Yeah. And and it's
0: it's partly because of the the kind of binary way of thinking that is traditional, especially in the medical community. Mm -hmm. I think people are still very uncomfortable with the idea of of intersex people. Yeah. And so she actually had what at the time I think was termed corrective surgery. Yes.
1: She she had probably at a very young age. Yeah. The last was in her late 20s. So she had a couple leading up to that point to make her quote unquote to make her male you know which i just
0: can't imagine what that i know must be like yeah. to go through
1: well i mean it leads to what is called gender dysphoria where right. you you so- are you are told by society and 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 kind of brainwashed into believing that you are a specific or supposed to be a specific gender and it just doesn't feel right
0: yeah. And that can that can have a tremendously negative psychological effect mm-hmm. on people. The suicide rate among people who are trans and intersex is markedly higher. Yeah. Like crazy higher than than a lot of other populations. Yeah. I remember one time I I was talking to a nice old lady at a at a theater show that I had just performed at and somehow we got on the issue of of trans rights. You know, I was saying how how it was so, becoming so much more common to talk about. And she said she was, you know, this was like a 70, 80-year-old woman. She said, well, you know, I had a lot of friends in college who who now would be called trans. And hmm. I said, oh, what? And, and you know, do you, are you still in touch with them? She said, well, they all killed themselves. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah.
1: Damn. Yeah. On, on, I mean, it's 2020, and only now are we really – even scratching the surface of trans yeah. in terms of acceptance and acknowledgement. So I think what's so incredible about
0: Dee is that she not only survived, yeah. but really thrived in, what did you say it was 1995 she came out? She,
1: her, no, her her gender dysphoria kind of, re, she's, she quotes it as having reasserted itself in 95 after her wife Maggie died. Uh, so in '98 is when she came out and 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 changed her name to D. So D, we we love you uh, as a as a
0: composer, and we love you and respect you and see you as a person, and thank you for being so brave and living truthfully. Yes. Some of the interesting projects that she has worked on, she has a, a series called the Symphonic Rock series, mm-hmm. which is. Recorded with the London Symphony Orchestra, the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, the Royal Academy of Music Symphony Orchestra, the London Philharmonic Orchestra, which is, I guess, different from the London Symphony Orchestra, and yeah. the English Chamber Orchestra, and it's you know there's stuff like the music of Jethro Tull in in symphonic form. Yeah, the music it's, of it, Genesis. It's
1: all orchestral arrangements of basically prog bands. It's Tull. Orchestric
0: Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts nope. Club Band. Pink Floyd. Arranged and conducted by D. Pink yeah. Floyd, yes, yes, and Queen. Queen. Yep. I mean,
1: amazing. Yeah. Yeah. If amazing. If 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 D tickles your your string bone like she does mine, look her stuff up. I mean, check it yeah. out on Spotify. Do it. Do a Dee Palmer search on Spotify to to test the waters or whatever whatever music option you have. You know, even just look it up on YouTube to see if you like it or not, and then yeah. and then buy her stuff because she's yeah. she, damn good work.
0: So thank you, D. Without without you, we would not have these wonderful gushing strings, and Nick would
1: be dead inside. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know what to talk about for half of our podcast. <laughs> yeah, it, this show would just be called Tall to Me. Tall to Me would be so. Although that being tull said, I I I didn't realize that she's out of tall by eighty. Yeah, but
0: between seventy two and eighty are I know, that's a lot. You know. Yeah. Well, we.
1: Might consider the the golden (laughs) age of tall. Yeah. I mean, she's from 68 to 76. She provided orchestral arrangements. And then she's a full time member for seventy seven, seventy eight, seventy nine, eighty. 77, 78, 79, 80. So we still have, I mean, we've been talking about her for the last year and a half and we'll continue to talk about her until Stormwatch. So that's,
0: yeah. There's plenty more
1: Let's D where this Rose came Hunter. from. Where's Stormwatch? There it is. So, we'll stop talking about D uh, at the end of 2021. We will never <laughs> we'll, stop. We'll talking never about stop talking D. about D. No way.
0: <laughs> but in terms of the content, yeah. After 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 Stormwatch,
1: including Stormwatch, Inclu- that that was or her last to- one because Ian kind of kind of biffed it on A, and it, musically I give A a lot of crap, but also. He announced that he wanted to create a with as a solo project with other musicians. So literally everyone except for Martin was out of the band. Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. So okay. Well, we'll talk Nick, about that I, in 2022. I, at, at risk, but. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Just be patient for a couple of years and we'll yep. get there. Shall we move on, Nick, to our third and final piece of this three-layer
1: cake? Yes. Is let's wrap up this app. With mime sequence. Mime sequence. Mm. Mm. I will put on my little gloves and I'm, press play. I'm silently screaming right now.
0: So Nick, that was mime sequence over seven minutes long, and I tell you what, Nick, that is a long time to be stuck
1: in an invisible box. Did you did you poke holes in it first, or no? I I held. I it got really hot. Wow, in there. wow, that's impressive. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah is that Is that the first time you've heard mime sequence? That is the first time I have heard mime. Okay, sequence. thoughts on mime sequence then?
0: If you had not. Told me that it was Jethro Tull. Hmm. If you had told me that that was a Fernando Sor piece, mm. I would have. I would have yeah. taken it. I would have right. believed you. Fernando Sor is a f- famous Spanish guitar composer, mm. okay. and it really reminded me of that of that kind of like sp- Spanish, you know, romantic period of composition. Yeah, there. It's it's very it, acoustic it's heavy. Amazing.
1: It's very acoustic heavy.
0: Well, and you know. Ian, if it is indeed Ian playing the guitar, which I think Gotta it is, be. it's he's not playing his regular acoustic mm-hmm. guitar. He's playing a classical or a Spanish mm-hmm. guitar with nylon or gut gut okay. strings instead of steel strings, and it really gives another sound and feeling to it. and And he's
2: playing; he's playing really yeah. well
0: for that style. Yeah, it's good. It's
1: very good.
0: Which is, I, I mean, I, I'm my mind is kind of blown because that's like. If you play the acoustic guitar and you play steel string, the technique for literally creating the sound from the strings is really different mm. than the technique, uh, you know, from, on a steel string acoustic guitar versus a, a classical right. guitar. And This is clearly a classical guitar. And, like, it blows my mind that he's able to do that. It, and it's it's more than just the fact that it's finger-picked? Yeah, it is. You... First of all, the fretboard is a lot thicker, like it's a lot wider, and so your fingering positions—you have to stretch mm. a lot further than you do on, an, on, on a okay. steel string guitar. Everything's closer together. You know, it is—it it is finger picking, but it's there are certain patterns, and you know, when you when you play in acu- uh, a regular acoustic guitar, a steel string, a lot of times musicians will just you know, finger the chords with the left hand and then finger pick and then move the chord. And, you know, you hear a lot of that with Ian. Sure. But this is like, he's jumping all over the fretboard and he's, you know, playing the bass line at the same time as playing the the melody line. Now, we don't know if he recorded two separate tracks or what, but it it really sounds like he's just playing the heck out of it.
1: Could it maybe be more, compared more to banjo almost? (laughs) <laughs> okay, that's the only other finger-picking I know. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> it's it's closer to the harp, I guess. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to play it... In some traditions, you're supposed to actually play it, like, with the fingernail
1: rather than the pad of the finger. Yes. Right. Yeah. I don't know if he was doing y- that. You, you got... You got that composer. I got Tchaikovsky out of this one. Oh. Yeah. Little, it's very it's very Tchaikovsky to me.
0: Little iced Tchaikovsky. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. De- um, decaf. What,
0: de- <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, Nick, I want to talk about the title. Yes. Mime Sequence. Now, when we in America think of mime... We usually think of the horrible little striped shirt and the suspenders and the, the, the beret and the, the white gloves and all that. Yep. I don't think that's the usage of the word mime that is meant here when it's says mime sequence.
1: No, I believe mime in, in British terminology is literally just to act something out. It doesn't have to specifically be, be the, the white face in a box thing, you know?
0: Right, right. So the term mime comes from "mimo," I think, which is either Latin or, or uh, the other one, Greek, and it literally means, <laughs> t- or it means to imitate. Mm-hmm. So uh, what the the kind of mime that we think of, you know, with the, the little hat and everything, that comes from the, the late '60s development created by Etienne Decroux and Marcel Marceau. Who, who created okay. a very very specific very very technical type of mime. Before yeah. that, mime meant pantomime
1: yes wh- which yes. in
0: which in itself has a couple of different meanings if in in Britain, if you say pantomime people generally think you're referring to a panto, which is a, a comic play where there's usually mm, a, mm-hmm. a big man playing a woman and it's and it's there's all kinds of stock jokes. but pantomime itself really refers to, a
1: an acted out sequence in a ballet okay sure so my my guess in terms of of mime sequence yeah is that this was a a portion in the film that had no dialogue i agree and we were follow we're following along with the music and watching it happen
0: and maybe it was stylized, maybe it was incorporating mm-hmm. some of this ballet what you called fetish that Ian has clearly <laughs> maybe which maybe. I, I agree with <laughs> and And to me, I think, and i th- I'm half going off of the the what the music sounded like, but also the tradition of of that kind of storytelling and the place that it held. It sounds mm-hmm. to me like a like a very romantic story.
1: It's a story of love, hmm, yeah. At, yeah, um, I, mm, it's hard it's hard to tell knowing knowing what little we do know of the of the film. Yeah. It's hard to think of how that would fit in there, but there's no reason there couldn't be something in there for that, you know.
0: Well, totally. E and you know, even if it didn't have anything to do with the plot and it was just a little, little a little dream ballet oh, sure. stuck,
1: stuck in the middle. But it Yeah. It, M- maybe it's a maybe it was a flashback kind of thing.
0: Who, who knows? At 36 seconds in, though, we hear some bells or some chimes, mm-hmm. which to me kind
1: of sound a little bit like wedding bells. Oh yeah, yeah. They they have a it's those those big those really big, not quite Christmassy bells, but they're they're like the, just big, like almost tubular bells that just yeah. kind of cling out.
0: I think they're yeah. I think they're called chimes or maybe just bells. I don't know. Mm, okay, in the orchestra.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Be, they're they're back in the the timpani.
0: Yeah, they're back there. They're back there where I never yeah. looked.
1: Yeah. <laughs> don't don't go back there. Don't go back there. It's I, embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. But
0: you know, at at various at various times, you know, we have this really really broad romantic sounds happening at at one thirty five. It's so like. You can almost smell the flowers. Hmm, mm. And then intersperse their little notes of danger here and there. I mean, to me, it sounds like a story of, of lovers, of true lovers with like, a, a jealous person on the outside.
1: Yeah, a little, a little Romeo and Juliet maybe. Yeah, could be. Or the Marriage of Figaro. Okay. Prokofiev's Romeo and Juliet is, I forget which part of it, but there's one in there that's, that's iconic and it's just mm. gorgeous. I don't actually know that one that, very well. Prokofiev also did Peter and the Wolf, which I thought you were going to talk about with Warchild Wolves. Sorry to have disappointed you. Yeah, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> so let down.
0: Yeah, Prok- Prokofiev Prokofiev, what I do know, also did
1: um the original Aqualung. Is that true? He and you know what? I now that now that you mention it, I think he and the original Jethro Tull oh, yeah. formed from, formed a super group. From
0: 1710, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. But I do I do feel like there's this sort of classic love story embedded here. You know, it's you you have the guitar kind of constantly reminding us of the theme of true love. You have the wedding bells, you mm-hmm. have the the notes of danger coming out here and then you have at around yep. 157 there's this this quick little flash of bravado like like the young man saying I'm going to go uh, out into the world and make my fortune so that we can be married. and then at the 4 minute mark there's there's the real kind of danger and adventure that comes in At five minutes and 13, we have this incredible guitar section where it drops down just to the, the classical guitar, and he's doing this incredible hammer-on technique where you, hmm. you pluck a note while you're holding the string, and then as it's vibrating, you you hit and release on another fret with another finger, so you get this kind of... Oh,
1: yeah. 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 There's also a part about a quarter of the way in. I didn't have a timestamp running, but about a quarter of the way in where it, it's it got it's that first set of build up, build up. We got the French horns ripping mm. and then it stops and then it's just. Dun, dun, dun,
0: dun, dun, yeah, just, yeah. Just
1: hit that, that sweet plucking, that beautiful, beautiful plucking.
0: that comes and that sort of that happens a number of times where we sort of have a big swell in the music mm. and then we, and then it
1: drops back to just either just the guitar
0: yeah. or or you know minimal other stuff.
1: Right. Yeah, there there are there are definitive crescendos here telling us some kind of story. Yeah. I love at 6:40,
0: 6 minutes and 40, there's a bit of I wrote down comedy brass. Because, <laughs> because everything's so like lovely and lush, and then you just hear it's just a moment of I don't know what instrument it is, but it's sort of like wow, wow. <laughs> it's like oh, there's the guy selling fish coming through the love scene. Yep. <laughs> it's the it's the cabbage man.
1: My cabbages. <laughs> about about halfway through, there's a portion in there that sounds a lot like the original original mario brothers underwater world oh gosh i can't even do it i'll 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 drop the two pieces in cuz it's it's it, that's all i could think of is just a, a screen of blue with like blooper squid's that's floating by funny. Comedy Brass and Super Mario Brothers aside mm. this song beats War Child Waltz in terms of beauty for me.
0: It's pretty amazing. I mean uh,
1: it's it's and it's that acoustic. It's that yeah. acoustic that takes it to the next level. It's just it's just gorgeous. It's so good.
0: You know, at first I was like oh it's a bit long, but then you know getting to the end of it I'm like wow, you know, you really need that time. The thing that, you do, you do. The thing that fascinates me the most is at the very, very end, so it's like a seven-minute and five-second song, at six minutes and 55 seconds, you have everything resolves, and then it turns at the last minute, and you get this very, very unnerving minor chord mm. that just drifts mm-hmm. off into the end, like, like almost as if you see the happy lovers walking off into the sunset, and then from behind the bush, like, you know... Iago steps in, steps out in his cloak,
1: and is just like, "I will destroy them." Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good note. I I didn't realize how how unsettled I felt. Yeah. at the end of it, I like I subconsciously, was like, mm, "Is it done? It's done. Why is it it's done? It, it shouldn't be done right now. Everything's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Everything's good. We're fine. We're fine."
0: I would love to someday, Nick. I if I ever have the opportunity, I will take a group of. Professional physical theater people, and create a mime sequence to this music. Mm. I vow
1: it to you. The next, the next Rochester Fringe Festival. Fr- the next Rochester Fringe, yeah. Hey, why not? Do it. Maybe. I'll I I will fund it. I'll I'll half fund it. <laughs> you'll <laughs> you'll pay five dollars for it. I will pay. You know what? You know what, Owen? What? I'll round up. I'll pay six. Whoa. Well, I know. We just got a costume budget. <laughs> Gym socks and, and, and tin
0: And tinfoil, that's it. <laughs> So Nick.
1: man. Wow,
0: this has been a very emotionally draining episode in a good way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel I feel like I had a good cry. I feel like I, I shared a good that's cry. That's exactly
0: with you. what I was gonna say, yeah.
1: <laughs> so <sighs> next week, do yes. you know what we're what we're gonna talk about? No clue. Next week we are going to talk about another one of Ian's just like grungy, dirty. It's the the complete opposite of the spectrum from Mime Sequence. It's Paradise Steaks. <gasps> I love that song. <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's so fun. It's so it's dirty. Really, I feel like I need a tetanus shot after I listen to it. Really, really excited about that song. Yeah, tetanus shot and some B twelve, maybe some. <laughs> yeah some good sunlight in the meantime if you feel like composing
0: us an ode to the podcast you nice don't have to make it a quartet you may as well make it a quintet of
1: stars even huh? better huh if if you're if you're kind of if you can't think of what to say look up any of tchaikovsky's reviews that he did <laughs> Look up any of Prokofiev's, Jesper Tull's, you know, they, they they were big influencers in their time. See what they reviewed other podcasts.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. If you want to express your love for us, you can do so in a mime sequence, which you can record and send to us, and we
1: will react to it while we play it on the podcast. That's true. And we could, you know, we could just make that up. We could just make it up and say, like, 90 people sent us stuff because it's a mime sequence. We,
0: we could say that, but we won't.
1: We won't because we'll, we'll be too busy actually reacting, reacting to, to the mime 90 sequence. mime sequences that we... <laughs> God, what have we done, Nick? Oh, no. If if you want to, send it to momes at fecklessmomes.com. Give us permission. I'll put it up on the site, baby. Yeah. Don't think I won't do it. Don't think we won't think post won't. your mime sequence. We'll do it. <laughs> <sighs> the lamest threat in the world <laughs> <laughs> until next week
0: I am the instrument known as Omen Said.
1: and I am I'm i am just Nick McGill I'm <laughs> tired and I'm Nick McGill <laughs> we are Feckless Moans and this is Talk Tall to Me
2: Is a proud member of the pregnant world, I